Yeah. Now here's the thing. Do you want to say like when we're recording this? It said let's let's just say it. It's September first. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the inaugural you know episode. By the time you guys hear this, it's going to be September twenty fifth. So um, stuff's going to change. Stuff may have changed. Stuff may have you know even more than changed. Stuff may have evolved. You know so. I think that for this episode, we've made sure that we've chosen a couple things to talk about that are likely not to dramatically change, yeah. but especially since our first topic is something that's not even going to drop until October, but yeah, things do evolve. You know, new videos are dropped on YouTube all the time. Um, so yeah, things, things will evolve. But the cool thing about this show is that we are going to continue to talk about this is an ongoing conversation about all these unreal things that we love. So there's no real pressure for us to um, to be so you know nervous about the fact that it's going to be a few weeks before you guys hear this episode. Um, but yeah, to your original question, I think, yeah, we should tell everyone as you're listening right now, as we record this, it's September 1st. We're about a week, maybe two weeks out of D23, Disney's big conference. Um, a lot of shit has happened in the last week and a half, both with, um, you know, or I should say with Star Wars, with Marvel, um, just a lot of things have happened. And then on top of that, we got a, uh, the final trailer for the Joker, uh, Joker movie. I, I shouldn't say does just called Joker Joker movie drop. So it's been an interesting last couple of weeks. And I think that's, this is a really good time for us to go ahead and, um, to launch this show in the midst of all this beautiful chaos, if you will. Hmm. Beautiful chaos. You like that? I do like that. that. Really though, did you did you did you I read two reviews. Did you read any any of the reviews from the Venice Film International Film Festival where it so, I mean, yeah, cuz that was like I believe the film festival was like today is Sunday. I think it must have been like Friday when they mm-hmm. when they, you know, screened this movie at the Venice Film Festival. And yeah, I mean all these revu- reviews have hit the um have hit the web and I I wasn't going to read anything, but then for the purposes of recording this show I was like, yo, let me let me at least peep a couple of these. And I kind of got caught up in the vibe because mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. this is one of those movies. And I, and I know we're going to get to the, the meat of the topic in a minute. But just as a side note, really quickly, this is one of those movies where the reviews are almost as interesting as the film. I haven't seen the film, obviously, but I'm saying I can tell that these reviews are going to be as interesting as the film because mm-hmm. I'm not going to use that D word divisive. I'm not going to say that. But I can already see how this film is just like throwing people for a loop a little bit. It's like people are kind of like trying to wrap their minds around how they should feel about this. And I've read, I think I read three reviews. Okay, but I want to know from where, what outlets. I want to know if you read the same ones that I read. I read just, again, I read just two. Let me look. I Actually, I think I still got them pulled up. So I read, the first one I read was from The Playlist. Um, Okay, didn't read that. Okay, and it's actually pretty good. And it's... uh, they dug it actually, but um, they were, it was their vibe was kind of like this is a really really interesting movie, but it's kind of fucking scary about how you know what kind of impact it could have on the audience, blah blah blah. Uh-huh. Then I read, I think I read IGN's. Um, oh, didn't read review, that one. Okay. And the most, <laughs> the most scathing review I read was Time Magazine's review. Didn't and, read that one. Good. Okay. Yeah. Time was kind of like this is some bullshit. But go ahead. Uh-huh. Which which one did you read? So I read Vanity Fair. Okay. And I read Variety. Okay. You got so Variety. I mean Vanity Fair, whatever, but Variety. So what what, yeah. did, what did Variety have to say? Variety liked it. They really herald um Joaquin Phoenix's portrayal. Mm-hmm. And they had a good uh I noted two two quotes that kind of um 
encapsulate the theme of of the review and Vanity Fair, you know, that, that's more like a commentary. Mm-hmm. Um, but for Variety, uh, the reviewer Owen um, Gleiberman, uh, he felt that that uh, we needed that audiences needed uh, a co- and I'm quoting a comic comic book films that have a truth gravitas mm-hmm. that unfold in the real world. Mm-hmm. Um, and Vanity Fair, let me just quote quote this. Uh, their reviewer Richard Lawson, he 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 had trouble deciding if he liked it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, that's and that's that's the vibe that I'm getting from a lot of these reviews. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, he he was conflicted with the portrayal of quote unquote disaffected white men mm. who've turned violent. Mm. Okay. End quote. Uh-huh. You know, and then I'm paraphrasing for whom we are asked to sympathize with. Right. And that that's consistent with the variety review too. It's that it's that on screen we are immediately um um pushed, moved to sympathize with Arthur Fleck. Right. Right. This this is this is interesting because I and not to interrupt you, but I want to read this really quickly. I also read this review. The last one I read was in IndieWire and I just want to read this line that I thought really stood out to me. Mm-hmm. Um so blah, blah, blah. And let me uh, actually let me give some some love to the writer. The writer is David Ehrlich who okay. wrote this um, article. Um, and it, this is probably the best review that I read as far as just it, it was just very well written. So this this guy says, you know, blah, blah, blah. Then he says that perspective allows Phillips, Todd Phillips, to yeah. reign in a political stance and speak to the people in our world who are predisposed to think of Arthur as a role model, uh-huh. lonely, creatively impotent white men. Who are drawn to hateful ideologies because of the angry communities that foment around them. So that kind of dovetails with what you just said. Yeah. 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 So I, I think, you know, and I listen, this this is a topic that after we both see this film, I think we definitely need to get into this on the show. Um, mm-hmm. because I can see this might blow up. Like this may be the story of this movie, is how is kind of, um, you know, and again, Sam saying this without seeing the film, but just based on these early reviews of how it's forcing this sympathy for disaffected white men mm-hmm. and how that plays into um, the quote unquote racial politics and, and uh, uh, political stuff that's going on in society right now with the, the mass shootings, so on mm-hmm. and so forth. Rampant mass shootings. Um, yeah. Rampant mass shootings. And then also, let's, let's be real, it's not just about what's going on now. It's, been, it's about what's, what's been going on for hundreds of years in this country. So mm-hmm. I think this, mm-hmm. this, is, this is maybe going to be the flashpoint of this movie, maybe the unintended flashpoint of this movie. Um, but we, we, I think that's something we should definitely dive into once we both have seen the flick. Um, but I know that there's something we wanted, something different we wanted to kind of j- dive into today involving Joker um, before we get to the Star Wars shit. So let me ask you your opinion. Do you think that Joker is a compelling villain because of the descent, or at least the metamorphosis into in, into into the madness? Um, well, I mean, the, listen. De- de- the desensitized violence mm-hmm. and seemingly, um, um, seemingly, uh, and I know I use disaffected, but yeah, but you know, Joker is not affected. He's unsympathetic toward not just his victims, but the victim is the catalyst for him to disaffect the greater society. 
right. that you are not safe. Society as a whole, you are not safe. Right. Leaders, government structure cannot protect you from mayhem. This, I mean, and this is what's very tricky and what's kind of, when they first announced this Joker movie, this was the fear for a lot of, you know, comic book heads and Batman heads was that, do we need an origin story for the Joker? You know what uh-huh. I'm saying? Because we had, you know, elements of it in the killing joke, um, the Alan Moore uh, uh, series slash graphic novel from from the 80s. We had that. Um, we saw the Joker's end um, in Frank Miller's Dark Knight. But mm-hmm. really, there's been kind of this, you know, uh, chaotic, almost um, amorphous beginning, you know, origin tale for the Joker. It's kind of changed. And I think it was captured brilliantly in the Dark Knight with um, yeah. you know, the way that Heath Ledger, you know, with Heath Ledger and the way that Nolan wrote that as far as mm-hmm. he had all these different origin stories. And I think that played to the fact that we really didn't want to know what his origin is. But to your point, as far as like the disaffected or the kind of desensitized or um, sociopathic nature of his 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 uh, violence, I think that's part of his appeal. But to me, the Joker has always been appealing because not just because he's a sociopath or psychotic, but also because he's very cunning and intelligent, mm-hmm. a, a sociopath or a psychotic by himself doesn't stand a chance against Batman. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Cause it's just like, that's a, that's a lunch break, you know, for Batman. I, I'm gonna catch, you know, you go out and catch a dude, whatever, whatever, keep it moving. Right. The fact that the Joker is his nemesis and is his equal in many ways is because of his intelligence. Um, he can't go toe to toe with Batman physically. Um, and his socio, his, his, his psychosis isn't necessarily a tool against Batman, except when it's combined with his intelligence and his cunning. One thing that scares me about these early reviews that I'm reading for Joker, this movie, is that it's so um, tangential to the Batman universe that really the only thing Batman about it is the fact that he's called Joker and the fact that uh-huh. it takes place in Gotham and the fact uh-huh. that Bruce, Bruce Wayne's father and Bruce Wayne himself as a child appear in the movie. Other than that, this is the tale of a dude who goes crazy um, and gets violent because of how he feels the world's treating him that doesn't say cunning to me. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I, that doesn't say intelligent to me. How is this dude? And again, I, I haven't seen the film. So I'm, yeah. you know, this is all. Well, just off the reviews. I mean, you right, know, just off the that. reviews, this is all conjecture. How does yeah. this guy go toe to toe, eventually go toe to toe with Batman and become his arch nemesis? You know, just because mm-hmm. he's crazy. That's not, you know, Heath Ledger's that's not Joker. That's not enough. Heath Ledger's Joker was brilliant. You know, saying so yeah. he orchestrated all that shit, turned the mob inside out. He's playing, you know? Yeah, he was playing chess. The Joker plays chess. He plays chess. He plays chess. And the only difference is that he creates the chess board. His chess mm. board looks crazy as fuck, but he's playing chess. And I think that's that's the Joker that, to me, is um, at his peak. And that's the Joker in The Killing Joke. That's the Joker in Dark Knight um, the Returns. That's just the Joker that's been through all these great stories all these decades. It's interesting that you say that because the Variety Review that I read and several times talks about how Phillips's um, portrayal and his aesthetic is, is uh, almost, and he doesn't say this, I'm saying this almost an home, uh, uh, an homage to taxi driver. Yeah. Taxi and driver. And Arthur uh, Fleck uh, what's the other is flick? another Travis, Travis Bickle. What's the other flick though? Taxi driver and um, King of comedy. Oh yeah. 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 King, King of comedy. comedy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this is, this is like a, uh, a homage to them to the point where, I, I don't know, did it say this in the reviews you read? The reviews I read, a couple of them were like, it's such a homage that it's basically like he's sampling them. Like he's biting off of them so severely that it almost, it almost hurts the film. 
it almost seems mm-hmm. like Scorsese should be given an executive producer or a producer role in the movie. I don't, I don't know if he's attached at all anymore, but um, they almost say it almost hurts the movie. Um, so, I, I, you know, again, man, it's like we got to see it. But these early reviews, they haven't really told me. The only thing I think knew that they told me that I kind of suspected when I saw the trailers is how beautiful the film is, how beautifully mm. shot it is. I mm-hmm. mean, those trailers, the first two trailers, um, they look gorgeous. Um, they capture that same 70s, late 70s aesthetic that um, of New York City that uh, Scorsese captured in his, his films. Um, the, er- the first shot that I saw in the second trailer where uh, Joker slash Fleck is on the train heading into the city, you can see that they've, they've tried to at least make the effort to make it not look like New York. It's not the New York skyline. Yeah. Um, it's some sort of, you know, computer generated, whatever. But the actual footage that you see, it looks like New York, you know. Mm, mm-hmm. um, so it seems like he's yeah, it seems like Phillips is really I don't know. Is it is it homage or is he is he biting the dude? Is he is he is he is he jacking him? You know, um, well, I don't know. I, I I'd have to reserve judgment after to to first see the entire film. Mm-hmm. But in the same way that early Spike Lee films, particularly do the right thing, showed his uh, love for Scorsese. Yeah, good in point. the way that Scorsese yeah. shoots, particularly the dolly, right? Yeah, that's you know, clear. the character sitting on the dolly and the camera. Being but there's there, so much, stack. yeah. But there's so much, you know. Spike put so much else into those films, you know. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. The influence is there. You can see that, but it's not. Well, just that he was not. He in in some ways he was criticized mm-hmm. for that. I mean, what's interesting though is that also uh, De Niro's in this film and Joker, and he's basically playing in King of Comedy. He played the um, pumpkin who was, you know, the guy who, who, you know, yearned for fame. And he was just a pathetic dude who wasn't as talented as he thought he was um, mm-hmm. and idolized Jerry Lee Lewis. Jerry, Jerry Lee Lewis, Jesus. Yeah, Jerry <laughs> Lewis's character is idolized by Robert De Niro. In this film, in Joker, De Niro is pe- basically playing the Jerry Lewis role. You know, he's the mm-hmm. late night talk show host who Joaquin Phoenix's uh, Joker character idolizes. Um, so there's all I think I think there's all types of you know parallels to be drawn, but I don't know, man. These these reviews they got me really interested, but I'm also a little bit trepidatious about this film. And I'll tell you what, let's um, kick off officially kick off this first um, episode of Mad Unreal and do a little theme music, and then come back and dive into what really has me nervous about Joker. This is Mad Unreal episode one. <laughs> So we wanted to talk about this Joker thing. This is, this is, I think this is a good point to kick off. And there's one thing, Arthur Turnbull, that's been bugging me since this whole Joker madness. Because let's be real, these, these reviews that came out the other day, yesterday really, are kicking this whole kind of hype around this Joker um, film to a whole nother level. I looked on, listen, on YouTube um, right now, there are 22... 22 million people have watched the final Joker trailer. 22 million. Mm. Um, mm. Compare that to, let's see, uh, I know we're going to get into um, Rise of Skywalker later on in the show. Um, but let's, let's look at that latest, that last Rise of Skywalker trailer that came out, uh, what was that, last week? Yeah, last week, D23. And we're looking at 
uh, oh God, that's no, that's wrong. I hate when you go to YouTube and then it's like, you'll see, you won't get the official video. You'll get some video that somebody's like, you know, and it's, then it's like, you know, there should be millions of viewers and it's like, you know, a hundred people, people I watched that joint. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, hold on. Let me There's see. a hundred people that made the mistake that you just made. Right. Exactly. So on this one I'm looking at, and I believe this is the official. Okay. No, that's not official either. That's got 5 million views. Anyway, we'll find it later, but welcome to Mad Unreal. But um, the Joker trailer has 22 million views on YouTube, which is crazy. That's that's a lot of people have tuned, are, are waiting for this movie and are excited about this film. Right. So, Slow down. I got it right now. So Disney, from the, on the Star Wars channel, the uh -huh. D23 Rise of Skywalker special, look, 17,800,000 plus views. 17 million. So Joker is beating Star Wars. Say that. Let me say that. Joker is beating Star That's crazy in terms yeah. of people, you know, going to YouTube and watching the, this trailer. Both trailers dropped around the same time. Um, I think the, the, the Skywalker trailer actually had like a two or three day lead. Um, yeah. So more people. Uh, the Star Wars. Sorry. The Star Wars YouTube channel published uh, their trailer August 26th. OK. And I think Joker came out maybe two or three days later after that. Um, Joker. That's crazy. It is crazy. August 28, two days later. Two days later. That's crazy. 22 mil versus 17 mil. Okay. So, point being, a lot of people are hyped about this Joker film. And mm -hmm. this started maybe a year ago, um, maybe even a little bit longer before that, when it was first announced, when it was announced that Joaquin Phoenix was going to be the lead in the lead role, mm -hmm. when it was announced that, you know, first it was rumored that Scorsese was involved. Um, then when it became known that De Niro was going to be, in, you know, in the film, I mean, it just it's been crazy. But one thing has bothered me since then and continues to bother me is that this feeling that I'm getting from our community, you know, from the comic book, superhero film, mm -hmm. action genre, whatever you want to call it, the unreal community, if you will, the the response that I'm getting or the feeling, the vibe that I'm getting uh, from a lot of different outlets is that this movie is going to finally um, bring us into the serious, you know, film conversation. It's going right. to usher us into Oscars. this place where Oscars and critical reception, where all those people who have, you know, talked negatively about comic book slash superhero films since, you know, the 70s, since, you know, Superman or since, you mm -hmm. know, the nice since since the blade jump off and X-Men, all those people who are lamenting the fact that, you know, Avengers Endgame is now the biggest movie of all time. All these people who are treating comic book films in a very negative sense, they're going to have to take us seriously. Now we're finally going to be in their good graces and they're going to see how good comic book movies can be because of the Joker or this Joker right. film. The reason that bothers me is because I've always been of the, the mind state that if somebody doesn't get you or somebody doesn't respect you, at least for doing what you mm -hmm. do, then fuck them, you know, move on. Just don't try to get into their club, build your own club, you know, do your own thing. And I feel that comic books back in the seventies and eighties were forced to do that because when Marvel came along doing these very, you know, literary stories with Chris Claremont and X-Men and, um, the Spider-Man stories and uh, the Frank Miller Daredevils and the Batman and the, you know, all these things happened in the 80s, the Watchmen. It was it was our club. 
you know, it was our thing. And then finally people and people still look down on it, like, oh, those are just comic books. And then finally people started to take some sort of appreciation for them. And then suddenly in the late eighties and the nineties, you had um, people saying, oh, they really are literature. There really is some value, you know, in comic books. Yeah. And I feel like it's a repeat. It's like we're in a kind of in a loop because I feel like the same thing's happening with the movies. I don't feel I don't think it's a good idea or it bothers me, I should say, for us to be for our community to be, to be so excited about being welcomed into, you know, this 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 um, this world or this circle that has um, looked down on comic book movies for a long time. I don't mm-hmm. feel like the Joker is what's going to is, is needed to um, define a great literary comic book. I feel like we've already comic book film. I feel like we've already done that. You know, Batman Begins did it. Dark Knight did it. The first Superman film, Richard Donner's mm-hmm. Superman film did it, you know, yeah. back in 70, whatever. Um, so I, I feel like we're, you know, we shouldn't, I, I, it just bothers me a little bit. I don't know how you feel about it, but it bothers me a little bit that we're so kind of willing to um, cater to that and hopeful of that. And that's the vibe I'm getting. Are, are you sensing mm-hmm. that or is that just me? Um, It might be just you. <laughs> and I wouldn't be mad at that. Fuck you. Yeah, it club. might just it might it might just be you. <laughs> I mean, there are. You're not getting that from any of the the anything you've read. You you haven't felt any of that. Um. Well, what I have felt is that yes, they're taking like the Vanity Fair review slash commentary. Mm-hmm. I think I I think the author would have made a um a definitive decision on whether he liked Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Do he, or Black they, Panther. Would, yeah, would, you know what I'm saying, right? Okay. It it it, it would not it, it, this the 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 story of Infinity War would not have conflicted that author to the degree of man. I don't know how I feel about needing to be sympathetic with the psychopath. Mm-hmm. Is because that like, to say? Are you saying he wouldn't have taken? Um, he did, he wouldn't have taken Infinity War as seriously as he's taken Joker. Are you saying that he's he was? He or she is it he or I don't know he or she is it yeah is it he, he um, no more... I mean I'm saying I'm saying that I'm saying that the storyline mm-hmm. in the Joker is much more character development driven mm-hmm. than the story arc of say Steve Rogers. Mm-hmm. I see I disagree with that. Even though I haven't seen the Joker, but I, I, on, on the face of on the face of it, I disagree with that. But go ahead. You're, but you're saying that this. This writer, I'm trying to trying to make sure I understand what you're saying. This writer was treating this Joker material in a different way, maybe than he would treat, you know, uh, Avengers or you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I think so. Mm-hmm. I think so. That's the vibe you um, got from him, his writing. That's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, you know, and I don't remember reviews. Uh, I don't remember reading reviews of um, of um, the Wolverine movie, the Logan. the one that was. Logan, Logan. Mm-hmm. Logan. Um, I'd be interested in knowing if those reviews had that same had that same vibe, mm-hmm. where, for example, in the Variety review, they're really heralding Joaquin Phoenix's performance, right? You know, using the same kind of language that they would hail his performance in Her, for example, right? The movie where he played the disaffected person who felt. Maybe not dis. Well, yeah, he was disaffected. He was like super lonely, you right. know, almost like a template for um, uh, Arthur Fleck, right? You know, um, and falling in love with uh, an artificial intelligent uh, computer program. Okay, I don't think that that would happen with 
uh, again, you know, an Infinity War or a Black Panther review um, talking about Andy Serkis's portrayal of of Claw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Right. Even if even if they spent more screen time on how Claw became Claw. Right. Do you? But just do because you feel, the, the stories of the films are presented in, mm-hmm. in in a different way, a very different way. But do you get sometimes? Because I I remember some of those Logan reviews. I I can't remember them as as crystal as crystal in my mind as you know the Joker reviews I just read. But mm-hmm. the feeling I remember, I, I think I remember getting from some of those Logan reviews when they were positive was kind of like shock and awe that a superhero comic book film could have this type of weight to it, you know? And I'm like, to me, it's like, you haven't been paying attention because you're looking Mm -hmm. down your nose at this genre. And so you missed the weight in a film like, um, like Batman Begins, or you missed the weight in Blade. You know, you missed the, the, yeah, agreed. agreed. Blade is a better example. Yeah. So, and that's to me, that's the problem that's kind of what I'm feeling. Like I, I understand the need for a lot of people in, again, in our community in the unreal comic book, you know, community, mm-hmm. I get the, the, the need for them to want to be taken seriously by the Oscar crowd. Um, and I know yeah. that not everybody shares my mentality of, well, fuck the Oscar crowd. I, I get that. Especially if you're in that, if you work out there in the industry, you know, I, right. you know obviously cause now we talk about money is involved. So you definitely mm-hmm. want the love of the Oscar crowd. Cause that, that, mm-hmm. that brings you money. So I get it. But at the same time, it just bothers me because it definitely feels like we are kind of we're downplaying ourselves and we're 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 almost I don't know the word, but we're almost lowering the accomplishments of what has come, what has already happened. You know, we're we're bringing it down to a degree that just kind of makes me uncomfortable because I feel like, listen, we should be proud and we should champion some of these films that have come before that have already done some of the things that you're looking for Joker to do. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you. I'm agreeing with you. And the fear, the other fear that I have is that because there's such an eagerness for Joker to be this great, you know, Oscar winning, Oscar worthy, you know, critically well-received iconic film that a lot of people, a a lot of people in our community are going to have a bias towards it in a, in a positive way. I mean, what I mean, mean by that is that if it's a, let's say they go see it and they feel like it's a C plus or B movie, they mm-hmm. may make it an A movie, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Just to say, yo, this is our, you know, this is our only shot at being in that serious conversation. So this movie is not just good. I thought it was good, but I'm going to tell everybody it was great, you know, and it was this, that, and the third. Right. And to me, that's, that's problematic. And I can already see, kind of the pushback against that a little bit, like especially in that Time article that I read, because some of these reviewers who are not as tied into that world, I can see, I'm just, I'm, this is me looking mm-hmm, at my crystal ball. Mm-hmm. I can see them saying it's overacted, Joaquin overacts, um, it's trying too hard, you know, mm-hmm. to be, you know, this this great, iconic, Oscar-worthy film. It's trying too hard. And that's what the, the guy in the time already said that, you know, they already wrote that, but I can see other reviewers jumping on that bandwagon. If they feel like, Oh, these comic book people are trying to enter into our, into a space they should not be in. You see what I'm saying by that? No, I do. I see what you're saying. And that's, that's, and that's, that's, um, that's unfortunate to me. You know, if that I mean, happens. there is a, yeah, there is a clear bias and, 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 you know, I agree. Like, I'm saying that with the way these films are presented, like Logan, Joker, I'll get to I'll get to the uh, Nolan's Batman mm-hmm. series yeah. 
Because that's always but, gonna, that's always going to be you know for the next six months or whatever that we're talking about Joker, the you know Heath Ledger and Dark Knight in particular, that's going to be a part of the conversation. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. The MCU stuff. It's glossy. I'm calling it glossy, and I'm not calling it glossy in a in a cheaper derogatory way. No, I know what you mean. You know, take yeah. take it. You know, I mean, Endgame, right? There was a lot of depth to those characters. Mm-hmm. You know, I really appreciated how these were a group of you know supremely unique individuals who had absolutely no power. They couldn't exercise any of that power to change their situation. Right. You know what I mean? There was loss. There was regret. There the was anger. The there, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that took a that took a lot of depth. And and I like the fact that it let those actors and actresses develop those characters, mm-hmm. stretch out even with their talents. Mm-hmm. But it was still glossy. A lot right. of CGI, a lot of space stuff, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of. Right. These movies aren't that. Joker stays on the ground. Logan stays on the ground. You know, and. And I'm saying that these reviewers, to take your point about letting the like these film, these reviewers looking at these films in the in, in the context of our world, mm-hmm. our you know, our our film critic cinemaphile um, criterion world, mm-hmm. are being forced to acknowledge these films. Like, they don't have a choice. Yeah, and see, that's the word, forced. That's the good because, word, forced. Because they're presented for right. them right. in that way. Right, but you see the danger that happens, though, is that once you force somebody to do something, if they are not, if they're still going to fight you, then what are they going to do? They're going to exploit any flaw that they see in the film. Well, and absolutely. They, and so that's why I feel like Phillips, and again, for the third, for the fourth time, having not seen the film, we'll, we'll follow up on this after we see the movie. But the danger I feel that with with Phillips, the that the tack that he took with this movie, because yeah. listen, they explicitly said, man, they've said many a times before this film, um, why this film was in development and why they were actually shooting it. It is not based on any Batman comic, you know. It's not based on any mm-hmm. story that's been that's been printed in a DC comic. It mm-hmm. is. It basically is, it takes place in the else world. It's the else world story. Um, it's not tied to the the greater DC universe. It's not tied to the upcoming Matt Reeves Batman film that we you know they haven't they haven't said. I don't know if they said that explicitly, but they've implied yeah. that it's not a it's uh-huh. not it's not tied to that at all. So he has gone out of his way. Phillips and the and the producers have gone out of the way to make this a standalone film in its own universe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, almost completely devoid of Batman. Like I said, the only thing that I can see Batman related so far is a, it takes place in Gotham. Um, B uh, Thomas Wayne and young Bruce Wayne are show up show up at some point and they yeah. see the guy's name happens to be Joker. You know, his nickname happens to here's his moniker is Joker. Other than that, there's nothing. So when you, when they've gone to these extremes, like you said, to, to kind of tailor this movie for that other crowd, mm-hmm. but that other crowd may say you're trying too hard. You know what I'm saying? Now you, now you've gone too far and you're trying too hard. And Mm -hmm. I don't think, you know what? I don't think they didn't, you know, dark Knight. again, there's CGI and there's things involved, but there's a lot of practical effects in dark Knight. Mm -hmm. Um, it was very real. It was shot mostly in Chicago. It looks like Chicago. You know, it's like, there's, there's a realness to the dark Knight that we really hadn't seen since, 
um, Donner's uh, Superman, which is, you know, strange to say because Superman flies, but there's a realness to the first Superman film that really didn't come back until I take that back. It came back in blade, in my opinion, um, mm-hmm. especially the first two acts of blade, um, Wesley Snipes blade. And then you see it again in, in Batman begins and in dark Knight. So I, they, I don't think the critics reacted that, you know, cause I don't feel like they felt like it was shoved down their throat to the way it's being, it's about to be shoved down their throat. Um, and I, you know, I, I, it'll be interesting for us to come back after we see this movie. Cause I really want to see, if I'm right in the assumption that this is a film that really could have been about any crazy dude. Um, and it's just kind of like really loosely connected to Batman because that's, that happens to be the intellectual, that's the IP, the intellectual property that's Mm -hmm. going to gash that got 22 million people to watch this joint on YouTube. If it was just called Fleck and it was about dude, you know, picked on, got mental issues, goes crazy, starts killing people. 22 million people are not going to watch that on YouTube. The fact that it's mm. Joker and that is Batman, that's what got yeah. all those people to watch. And it's like, hold up. Batman is going King of Comedy slash Taxi Cat, Taxi Driver. We got to see this. Um, but I, I, again, I, I feel I'm a little, I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried. I, and I want to mm-hmm. hear, you know what? Listen, I know we are going to, um, over the course, before people actually hear this show, they'll have already been solicited, you know, hit up on Twitter to hit us with um, questions, um, to add us, hit us with questions, things that you want to talk about, things that we've talked about that you want to throw your comments or your thoughts on or hear our thoughts um, about your thoughts. So I, I want to hear people, by the time you hear this episode, Joker doesn't drop until October 4th. So by the time you hear this episode, none of you, well, most of you will have not have seen this film also. But I want to know if people have some of the same, you know, um, feelings or worries or, or kind of concerns that we do, or are you just, you know, excited about this? You love the trailers. Um, you can't wait. And you think this is going to change, you know, comic book films forever, um, which is one of the headlines I saw, by the way, you know, comic book films will never be the same. And I'm like, Oh shit. I kind of like Joker after I forgot which outlet it was, but yeah, they said after the Joker, you know, comic book movies will never be the same. You know, I saw that a couple times. So, Hmm. And that's not surprising to me because, yeah, it's like that, that's kind of the hype that's been rolling around. And it's, I think that's what people are. Some people are expecting. Some people maybe maybe even want. But as somebody who's loved what um, the MCU has done in the last 10 years, as somebody who loves what Sony did with um, Spider-Verse last year, you know, and I could I could go on and on with um, not just with film, but with television as well. I'm not you know, I don't need comic book movies to change forever. You know what I'm saying? I want them to improve. I want them to evolve. Yeah. But I don't, you know, I don't necessarily feel like we need to break apart, you know, what we're doing right now and completely flip, flip everything so every movie looks like Joker. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't, on the face of it, I don't, I really don't like that headline. I mean, mm-hmm. I think, I think. I mean, it's a scary, it's a bold, it's a bold thing to say, man. It's a scary I mean, between Sam Raimi's Spider-Man and uh, Nolan's Batman, I think that comic book movie films were already changing, mm-hmm. you know, forever. You talk about character development. I'm glad you said that. <clears throat> Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2, which for yeah. a lot of people, not yeah. everybody, but for a lot of people, even those people, um, in my my opinion, unfairly deride uh, uh, Toby, um, damn, McGuire? Toby McGuire. Toby mm-hmm. McGuire. 
a lot of people still rate Spider-Man 2 as the best Spider-Man film ever. And yeah, I'm one of those people. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's that. And then I, my, my list goes Spider-Man. I mean, now we're on Spider-Man shit. But this again, this is mad and real. This is how we do. So Spider-Man 1, I mean, Spider-Man 2 is my favorite of all time. Yeah. Then Spider-Verse. Then Homecoming. Mm-hmm. Those are my top three. Um, but you talk about character development. I mean, man, the character development of Peter Parker in that film um, a lot of things that people are looking for the Joker to do. I'm telling you, we've done it already. You know, right? And, yeah, and, and that's that's, that's why I'm kind of. That's what I want. I'm not. Listen, I'm not. I want. I don't want to be misconstrued. I'm not. I'm not hating on any of the excitement built around Joker. I'm excited for Joker. You know what I'm saying? I'm excited for this movie. I really want to see this. I'm gonna be there day one. But what I want to say is, that I just want our community to appreciate what we've already done, and don't let anybody. Um, who doesn't appreciate these films come and say or make you feel as if you still need to do X, Y, and Z to be welcome in this club. Fuck that club. You know, let's, we've got our own club. Look, people have, <laughs> this club has gotten so big that, you know, again, Endgame is the biggest movie of all time, not because um, we catered to their club. They came to our club, you know. Um, you know, let me, let me, let me talk about the club. Talk about the club. Bit. Yeah, I like that <clears throat> So. So, um, two Oscars, two awarded Oscars jump mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. that are comic book, that are, that are Unreal related. Heath Ledger's. One, Heath Ledger's posthumous uh, Oscar for his portrayal as Joker mm-hmm. in The Dark Knight. And the Lord of the Rings Return of the King winning Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Um both of those films had rich characters. Both of those films, even with the first Spider-Man, to have William, William Defoe be the Green Goblin, let you know that they were swinging for the fence right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Go, I mean, shit, go to, go to X-Men. You know, Patrick mm-hmm. Stewart. You know, mm-hmm. Ian McKellen. You know what I'm saying? It's like, they weren't playing. Um, right. They brought real story story development and character development to these movies in a way that mirrored the comic books they weren't just drafting off of something out of thin air they were pulling stuff from the comic books and it it kind of announced that yo this is not this is nothing new for comic book storytelling so it's like you know we've had three contemporary jokers and i'm going to name them uh heath ledger um jared leto and now joaquin phoenix Mm -hmm. you know before that there were two others, one being Jack Nicholson and Tim Burton's 1989 Batman mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Cesar Romero, who portrayed the Joker in the television show from the 1960s with Adam West as I, Batman. I got I to gotta throw in, just for posterity's sake, I got to throw in Mark Hamill's. That's um, yeah. six. Got to throw him in. Yeah. yeah. Tim Burton would not have been able to make a Dark Knight type Batman film. He had to have made a a albeit a little more serious because mm-hmm. it, there wasn't the comedic mm-hmm. angle mm-hmm. from the television show. It was the bridge between make it the more, TV show and, and dark and Batman. And begins. what we have now. Yeah. yeah. Um, but at the same time it was, you know, it compared to, compared to Batman begins, it's fluff compared to the dark Knight, It's why did yeah. you even make that film? <laughs> yeah. Right. But it was, a, you say, you're saying there's a progression, right? There's a progression. Yeah. Right. And, because of the character development 
and because of the of the the more serious and serious is always create uh, equated with dramatic the more serious dramatic tones of the stories the critic crowd the oscar crowd were were forced to pay attention mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i think that the joker this 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 2019 joker is this culmination of forcing this crowd to pay attention to these performances to pay attention to this story and maybe even disconnecting it with any kind of 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 comic book storyline precedent mm-hmm. you know to produce another lord of the rings level yeah yeah award recognition and i get that that bothers you yeah i get that that bothers you but at the same time i feel that 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 we benefit from that how how do we because we always knew well we always knew that the joker was was not jack nicholson right we always knew that the joker was heath ledger i'm one of those people that didn't think that that this movie even needed to be made like you're talking about the ledger joker movie yeah. Oh, you. Oh, you felt like Ledger just like he 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 killed it. That was it. He he nailed it. That's right. Th- right. it's 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 done. Right. right. Um, I didn't go see Suicide Squad because I didn't think there needed to be another Joker. <laughs> right. 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 You know. Well, let me ask you this: When you saw in 1989, when you saw Nicholson's Joker, you were cool with that because you hadn't seen Ledger's Joker at that point. Um, happy, I would. I mean, happy with you were happy with Nicholson's Joker because it wasn't Cesar Romero's Joker. You're happy with the progression. Well, yes is the answer to that question, but I still felt that it was contrived. Mm-hmm. You know, we're forced to believe within the context of, of an unreal fantasy film, mm-hmm. but we were forced to believe that this guy fell into a vat of acid. Mm-hmm. Right. And came out. And yeah. came out, you know, disfigured so it was, it was, and it was manacle. Fan- it, it was still too fantastical and almost, for lack of a better term, silly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The brilliant thing about, about Heath Ledger's Joker was that he's just presented. He's here. Right, right. And you get, you get the cue at the end of Batman Begins when, when Gordon is talking to Batman about this new threat and he holds up the, the, the playing card, the Joker playing card. Right, right. I'll look into it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, he's pre- but he is present. He's here. Mm-hmm. Shit, you making me. You don't know where he came from. Now. You don't know how he got there. I haven't seen the Dark you know? Knight in a while. Now you making me want to go watch it again. Um, <laughs> okay, I, I, I thought that, that I thought that was brilliant. Okay, you know? I get what you're saying though. But you're saying we benefit. You saying we may benefit from this new Joker film. Like we may benefit from this, even though you know what bothers me. You're saying you know you feel like it's a natural progression. Yeah, I feel like it's a natural progression. I feel like we benefit from it because I feel that Joker is a character that deserves that we deserve to know how this man got this way. Okay. Uh, I don't, okay. I disagree a little bit. Cause I like, again, I don't want to know cause I don't feel like there's any satisfactory, you know, conclusion to that or answer to that. But let me throw this at you. And, and I think this may, this may make you understand or see my point of view, even a little bit, a little bit more than before, based on what you've seen so far, these two trailers and listeners, you guys have seen these two trailers, you guys and girls have seen these two trailers. Um, the same as we have and you guys haven't seen the movie yet because it hasn't dropped yet but based on these two trailers can you see based on the look and feel and the aesthetic of everything you've seen so far can you see a man wearing a cape existing in in that world that you've seen in those trailers because if you cannot see a man Mm. in a cape existing in that world we got a problem 
You see what I'm saying? We got a problem because what you've done is you've created a world that again is so tangentially related to Batman that it, there is really no relation. The only relationship is in name, you know, Joker, Bruce Wayne, um, Thomas Wayne and Gotham, you know, outside of those things, why is this movie called Joker? You know, it could be Fleck, you know, and then about dude goes crazy, starts killing people, um, puts on a clown mask. People start rallying around him for, I'm sorry if you didn't want to know anything about this uh, spoiler alert, cause this was in the, the reviews, but kind of that's the gist of the film. You know, you get that even from the trailers. If you've seen the trailers, you get that. So if you can't, I, like I've watched these trailers, I'm kind of having a hard time if he, let's say, because l- listen, there shouldn't be, they're, they're saying there's not going to be a sequel to this movie. You know, there shouldn't be like, this is a standalone. That's what they're saying mm-hmm. now. If it makes, you know, 1 billion globally at the box office, then there's uh-huh. going to be a sequel um, with or without Todd Phillips or, or Joaquin Phoenix. But they're saying this is going to be a standalone film. But let's say, let's just, let's just play with this for a minute. Let's go with this for a second and say that this is the start of a trilogy. Okay. Or let's just say this is a lead in to Matt Reeves, Batman, which it's not, but let's just, you know, hypothetically, let's say that. So if they're using the same aesthetic, same cinematography, same look and everything, same um, tone, same tonality as, as we've seen in these two trailers, I'm having a hard time seeing a guy in a cape in that, in that, in that world. And to me, that's a problem. That's not good. You saw a man in a cape in Batman Begins and in Dark Knight, and you saw Joker being as serious as Heath Ledger and doing all the brilliant things that Heath Ledger did with him. You saw all that, that world, that was a real world look, you know, Batman, listen, I'm going to say it now. I'll probably say it a thousand times on this show. Um, I, you know, I love dark Knight. I think it's one of the best, you know, comic book movies ever. Um, but if I can see why it's the better movie speaking, um, um, objectively, but speaking subjectively, Batman begins is my favorite. Because mm-hmm. you saw mm-hmm. how he became Batman and it was so tangible. It was so real. You know what I'm saying? Everything from his training, all that stuff, you know, the stuff he went through as a college student when he comes back and tries to kill the people who killed his parents, you know, the look on his face, just all that stuff, man. I love that. I love it. I love it. So to me, that was already real world enough, but I could also see, you know, the tumbler. I could see him in a cape. I could see him jumping off a rooftop. You know, all those things felt very real to me. I don't know if that that will work in this Joker film. And I don't want to see a Joker movie where I cannot envision Batman living in it as well. That's a, that's a fundamental problem. Okay. So, and I realize we're breaking down the movie at this point without having actually seen the movie. I realize. Sure, 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 sure. I want to put that disclaimer on it. Okay. So Batman begins dark Knight. in the dark Knight, It's Alfred. Mm-hmm. That tells Bruce, basically, well, look, you know, you doing all this shit to break up the criminal element and scare these people into submission. <laughs> you knew you said you had to know they, they were going to retaliate. You had to know <laughs> <laughs> that there was going to be an as extreme counter to what right. you were doing. Right. Which was a brilliant story, story, uh, narrative uh, point of, uh, you know, development. Yeah. Like you know, that. which left, which, 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 which gave the impression that. This is the equal and opposite reaction to your your do-gooding and mm-hmm. cleaning up, mm-hmm. right? So Batman created Joker mm-hmm. or created the need for a Joker. Mm-hmm. So here you're presenting the, the converse. 
Because if you said, hey, can you, it, we never knew anything about Batman or the backstory. Batman Begins was oh, our introduction right, right, right. to the character. Joker, because Joker exists, Batman must exist. There you right, go. Right. I, I'm not, you know what? In an Elseworlds kind of thing, I'm not mad at that. I, it does irritate me, the whole age difference thing, and they've done this in the Gotham TV show, and I don't like that. And they did it in the 1989 Batman movie. I don't like it when there's this huge age difference between, you know, uh, Bruce Wayne and the Joker, you know, mm. Batman Joker. I, I don't like that. I like it when they're in the same age, generational, you know, area. Um, but, I, but, I, but from what you're saying, though, I'm not mad at that, where it's like, okay, we're inversing and saying joker causes batman instead of batman causing joker i, I, I don't right. mind that but again you ain't answer my question <laughs> can you picture based on what you've seen can you picture a man in a cape and those two those two trailers not from the trailer yeah okay so we'll, we'll, once we see the movie you we'll what come I'm saying? Back not right right we'll right that's and that's reassess. that's the overall thing is like yeah not in the trailer we'll reassess because again but, it, but depending on how the film is done mm-hmm. i mean you know you got could, a guy yeah as a killer clown causing all this mayhem right y- you know right and yo a, a guy running around in a bat suit mm-hmm. isn't that <laughs> isn't that unusual right, right. <laughs> a, but, a concept but and listen if you could if he makes it work if i could envision that then i'm gonna be very happy you know what i'm saying because yeah. to me yeah that would be a natural progression mm-hmm. but how crazy here's another here's some some and i know we got to move on to the to the star wars shit but really quickly just another hypothetical how crazy because they've said this is not going to be a sequel there's not going to be a sequel yeah. to this movie i'm sure there's no you know post credits you know marvel-esque type thing but how crazy would it be if this buzz over the next month increases gets to like a fever pitch mm. and they're like you know what this shit is tracking to open up at like you know a 200 million dollar weekend or something like that you know crazy you know marvel uh, Avengers Infinity War numbers so how crazy would it be for the studio to be like you know what we need to go ahead and throw a post credit sequence on there that hints at Batman you know is going to be in the next film mm. first of all the people who are treating this like you know the Oscar shit they would be they would be furious you know they'd be hot couldn't resist that comic uh-huh. book you know standard tropes mm-hmm. but listen this is Hollywood. It's about making that money. It would not surprise me at all because the hype is the hype is real, man. The hype is real. This movie, I don't know what it's tracking at now to open at, but it'll be really interesting to see come mid September what the numbers are looking like for that October fourth opening. Yeah. So listen, I know we we want to move on to something that's also going to irritate me um, that I'm a little bit contrived and conflicted over. So we wanted. What do we want to talk about? We want to talk about some. Oh yeah, because last week, yeah, it wasn't just Joker. We 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 already mentioned the Star Wars trailers. So what what two what two trailers dropped? What were the notable things? D twenty three. Mandalorian, the official Mandalorian trailer. Right, because we got that joint, the leak joint from uh, the Star Wars uh, convention or whatever. The com- from yeah, yeah. Some, right. And then so man, the official Mandalorian trailer for 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 Disney Plus, Disney's uh, forthcoming streaming service mm-hmm. drop. Uh, Launching in November, and the rise of Star. I was going to say the rise of Star Wars. Star Wars <laughs> hey, needs a rise. That's, that's what I'm going to say. That's, that's Raise, let's slip, let's man. lift up Star Wars. That's a Freudian slip, man. That's a Freudian slip because it does. God. That's essentially that's what this movie is. It has to bring. Dude, can you imagine if this movie either A is just god awful across the board horrible or B is as divisive as um, Last Jedi was? They could. 
Look, man, if they had called this thing Star Wars 9, fix this, (laughs) I'd have been straight. No, no. Same same movie poster. (laughs) (laughs) Same same, same movie poster. Same presentation. (laughs) Everything different, but but the subtitle. Right. Star Wars 9, colon, we fixed it. <laughs> Don't worry, we so, fixed something. It. Something had to be done. Right, Vader or Vader shows up. <laughs> right, Star Wars right. Nine: Colon Vader shows up. You know, what right. I'm saying? get your tickets. Right. It's all good. Um, okay, so yeah, that that and okay, so the the trailer that dropped at D twenty three for Rise of Skywalker that was like a what they call it. It wasn't a featurette. What they call it? A behind what extended look or some shit? I don't know. It wasn't uh, just a special trailer. look. Special look. Special look. Like they invent new names for this stuff every every week. You know, one week it's a teaser trailer, then it's the full trailer, and now we got special looks. Okay. Mm-hmm. So and then we also got the Obi Wan uh, Kenobi Obi Wan announcement. So there's going to be an Obi Wan. Um, limited television series, streaming series on Disney Plus, um, probably in a year or two, I would imagine, before that drops. But those are the big, like some of the big things that came out of D23 for Star Wars. So this brought to mind something interesting to me. Um, not to pat myself on the back, but kind of just to reach back, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. to reach back in time and revisit a conversation that we had on uh, our sister podcast on, on Snobs on Film. We had a conversation maybe a year and a half, maybe two years ago, and I posited I posited the idea that television, specifically streaming, and mm-hmm. not film, not not theaters, what uh, is the future of Star Wars? You know, TV is the future of Star Wars. And to be honest with you, I can't remember your specific reaction to that. I can't remember if you were like hell no or you agree with me. I can't even remember. But I just wanted to, based on these announcements, where it's basically on one side of the ring, we have Star Wars Mandalorian trailer right. and Obi-Wan announcement. Right. On one side of the ring, we have the excitement built around that. Then on the other side of the ring, we have Rise of Skywalker trailer, special look trailer. And not to say that these things can't coexist because they're all part of the same universe. Mm-hmm. But it did kind of strike me as, hmm. What is causing, you know, what are you more excited about? And is it looking like I was, I may have been right. I mean, is the future of, of Star Wars on television, on our televisions, you know, not terrestrial, but on our television stations through streaming. Do you okay, remember repeat. what your reaction was a couple years ago? Do you I'm trying to think. That's that? why I'm... Do you, do you remember? I mean, did you, because I, I, I should have went back and listened to It depends to on... Wh- yeah, I don't remember what we were what we were talking about. I think we were talking about the Force Awakens trailer. I think we were talking about our reactions to. The, I think we were blasting the Last Jedi. I think, I think, because listen, because it if, depends. Just in case some of the listeners don't know, because I mean, this is like whenever you talk about Star Wars now, you kind of have to declare, you know, almost what side you're on as far as this Last Jedi shit. Yeah, and I think you know, just full disclaimer, both you and I are ready to take that movie behind a building and beat the hell out of it. Speaking mm-hmm. of the last Jedi, like give it a beat down. Like that's how we feel about that film. And, and you know what? Honestly, one day we need to get somebody. It would be great if we had somebody come on and guest star with us who absolutely loves the last Jedi. Cause I know that those people are out there and I, I know somebody. That. Okay. I would love to get somebody on who just will defend that film and just, we can have a conversation about it. I, I know somebody that asked me, did I see the same film? <laughs> that's how, that's how, 
<laughs> Dude, let me tell you something. I watched, you know, I was sitting right next to you when we saw that movie, um, you know, I think the day it opened or the next day, the yeah. day after. It took me a year to watch that movie again. Yes. And not because I was like vehemently like, I'm never going to see it. I just had no interest. And then finally one day I was like, fuck it. Let me, it's on Netflix. Let me just, let me watch it. Maybe I was completely off. You know, maybe I was wrong. No, I wasn't wrong. But it would be great to have somebody on on the show who, you know, who would defend that. Um, but okay, yeah. So on one side, going back to D23 last week, um, late late August, we had Mandalorian, we had the Obi-Wan, so we had the TV streaming. Then we had the on the other side we had the Rise of Skywalker special look. So I don't know, Arthur, what are you most excited about? Are you most excited about the future of the film? This is the last one in this 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 trilogy you know, the sequel trilogy in the theaters, this last film cinematic experience we're going to get until the rumored um, Benioff and Weiss thing jumps off. And that may be, you know, three years from now. Um, but are you more excited about the the cinematic experience of Star Wars? Or are you more excited about the Disney plus experience, television experience of Star Wars? Hmm. I have to be honest. I think I'm more at a primal level. I'm more excited about, the rise of Skywalker because I need, I need a star Wars film to excite me. Mm -hmm. And I need that. I need that. I need that, that majesty of these nine films getting tied off. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reason why I need that is because and I'm gonna blame it on well, I'm gonna blame it on Lucas. Right or wrong, I'm gonna blame it on Lucas. <laughs> All right. Because, and let me tell you. So last night, just on a whim, um, we turned on the TV and uh, Return of the Jedi was was wrapping up. Oh, that's always nice just to catch one of those on TV by accident. Yeah, the Death Star had you had already been destroyed have, again. You still have cable? I thought you I thought you were straight like. Streaming. We got cable. Yeah, we got cable again. Okay. All right. I'm not mad at you. I was just wondering. Open up a whole nother world. I'm watching all <laughs> kind of stuff now. <laughs> we'll talk about that. That's inter- that's interesting <laughs> to me. That's really yeah. you you cut the cord, then you reattach the cord. Okay. My wife reattached the cord. My wife reattached the cord. All Keeping right. it all right. truthful you, and honest. But right. um and and so but what I'm getting to is that that uh the celebration was happening. Mm-hmm. You know, Luke and the crew, everybody was back on indoor. Right. And they went to that and they went to that sequence where they digitized in, they cut in Anakin. Naboo. Oh, okay, yeah. The yeah, celebration yeah. in Naboo. To show the, all across the galaxy, yeah. All across the galaxy, they're celebrating. And um you see you see new Anakin mm-hmm. along with with, with Alec Guinness as Obi Wan and the original Yoda Muppet. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, looking on with pride because they CGI'd the OG Anakin out of it. Right. You know, to just sort of like bridge all these movies together. Mm-hmm. And I've never liked that. You know, I didn't like the special editions that had the newer effects. Right. Um, I'm hoping that Disney Plus does the thing where they show the original films. Oh, God, that would be great, man. That would be great. That would be great. I don't know what their deal is with Lucasfilm. I don't know if they can. I don't know if the if he's like said no, those will never be you know seen again except on VHS. But yeah, I feel you. You know, and 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 it, it it's it ties into just this 
and you know, and I get it. It's your story. You know, you have the right to modify it. Okay. Still, I disagree. You know, I didn't like the fact that Star Wars from 1977 was renamed Star Wars A New Hope. That that's <laughs> right. the new branding for it. <laughs> right. Episode it's 4 Star Wars. and all that. It's called it's Star, Star Wars. Wars. <laughs> it's Star Wars. It's Star Wars. Side right. note, I'm irritated that Raiders of the Lost Ark was renamed Indiana Jones and <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's like El DeBarge and DeBarge. Right. I have a problem with that. Right, you just open up a whole new. I mean, we got that's a whole other show. We definitely, <laughs> I have a, I have a problem that. with that, yeah. <laughs> you know. The Elder so, Barge so, slash Star Wars analogy slash Raiders. Analogy. <laughs> just, yeah. but you understand, you understand where I'm coming from. You right. know, I have, I, I have a problem with this, with this repackaging, mm-hmm. because I don't believe that it needed to be repackaged in the first place to fit in with this, 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 you know, this long game marketing campaign. Right. So I do, I do. I do need the rise of Skywalker to 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 tie this off and and make it whole mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So when you said excited, when was the last time? Were you excited? I, I mean, you had you had to be excited when they announced um, Force Awakens. I was excited about Force Awakens. You had to be excited about Force Awakens. I was, excited, I was excited about. You were Force excited Awakens. when you left Force Awakens. I was still excited with 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 the key point that I feel that Kylo should have never taken his helmet off. Okay. He took his helmet right. off too soon. Okay. Well, and we'll get aside into, from all that. Aside okay. from all that, and we'll get into our feelings about both of these on on another episode. We'll break down. Our yeah, I think Han went out. Han Solo was not supposed to go out like that. But yeah, that was uh, here. We are. Yeah. Um, uh, I, but I was uh, most I was most excited about Rogue One. Okay. In this new iteration, right. Rogue One had me excited like i came out the theater like oh my gosh you know yeah that's what i'm saying we need to we're definitely going to have somebody on as a contra has a has a converse opinion about some of these films i think you and i are kind of aligned in our feelings about the um you know the new the new trilogy and rogue one um but so you're saying that as far as these two what we just saw d23 you're saying you're more you're you're a little bit more hyped about rise of skywalker that's that's right Okay, and you still feel like do you, okay? Let me ask you this: Objectively speaking, though, do you still feel like the future of Star Wars is going to be the the foundation and the future of Star Wars is going to be safe in the theater realm, in the cinematic realm? No. Okay, explain that to me. Because we're talking about you know the question was about the two trailers, right? My my feeling is that this should be the last. Star Wars film to appear in a theater. You saying? I'm sorry. You said this should or this shouldn't. This should. I'm saying that Rise of Skywalker should be it. Like we don't oh, see so anymore. Any, you don't want to see Benny and Wise, and you don't see Ryan Johnson's rumored tri- trilogy. You don't see any of that shit. I really don't. Okay. All right. Damn. All right. No, I really never, don't. You know, it's never gonna happen. But I feel you though. Yeah, Come I know on. it's never gonna happen. But yeah, but 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 I really don't. I okay. think that and and and. Rogue One, well, the the animated Clone Wars was the indicator that, like, you were right, and I'm sure that I agree with you. I don't re- I don't remember the context of it, mm-hmm. but I mean, like, you were right. I mean, the Clone Wars animated series mm-hmm. was far in a way the best telling of a Star Wars story. Thank you. Thank the you. The way it branched the yes. the way it fit. 
you know, that, that, that middle period and cause you heard about the clone wars in 1977, but you didn't know anything about them, mm-hmm. you know? And then, um, you see what the clone, when you see what the clone wars are mm-hmm. in, in, uh, I forget what year, what, what, what year did that come out? 1999, the clone the, wars the movie, attack of the clone. About, oh, attack of the clones. The attack yeah, of the clones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's like, this is the clone wars. I mean, there was some dope sequences. Wasn't that the one where Mace takes off, uh, 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 Django Fett's head, I think. Wasn't that Attack of the Clones? Yeah, um, that was Attack so, of the I mean, Clones. I mean, that's some dope sequel, but I get it. it wasn't. Once you the, see the, the animated price, series, you're like, oh, no, this this, this is the Clone Wars. This like, is the Clone this Wars. Is the Clone the Wars best thing, yeah, the best thing about Attack of the Clones is when Yoda force pulls his saber out when he's about to fight Dooku. Right, right. When that's the price of admission. <laughs> it's just like, it's right here, but I'm going to force pull this joint out to show you yeah. that, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Right, right. Yeah, that, was, that, was like, that, was, that was some flavor. Yoda showed some flavor right there. Yeah. And you see him get down with Dooku. Right, and, right. Um, but yeah, but but the story of the clones and the way that you get into elements of slavery, individuality, why are we doing this? What's this for? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, is this our purpose? I don't want this to be. I'm done with this. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. And... The film, Rogue One, was fantastic because it just scoped it all down to an event that was mentioned mm-hmm. in 1977 right. about we, you know, the people that died to get us these plans of the Death Star right. that we could orchestrate and assault. And the crawl, it, or the whatever, yeah, the, the, uh, in the beginning of the movie, wasn't even mentioned in, in dialogue. It was just part of the, the opening crawl. Yeah, and you see, you know, you 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 see the story of Jen Urso, and and like everybody dies at the end. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, it just, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It was just, it was just. This was the war part of Star Wars, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and that's what a lot of the uh, books get into. Right. The minutia of the details. Comics. That's what the Clone Wars got into, mm-hmm. and I think that's what. You know the Mandalorian is going to get into, and you so you feel like harkening back to the Western feel of the original. So you feel like that that storytelling getting into this kind of like you said scoping in on these these um, almost type of granular um, instead of this big epic you know thing really focusing in on the grand. You feel like that's that's the future of Star Wars, and that's something that's being done that's going to be done through the television series. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, I, I feel that Go I ahead. feel that 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 Skywalker, the name Skywalker throughout the galaxy is always going to be present mm-hmm. because of what Anakin Skywalker did and became and what Luke Skywalker did and became, mm-hmm. you know, you feel like there's going to be um, and this is kind of getting into something different, but very quickly. Do you feel like uh, there's going to be Jedi? There's going to be force in uh, Mandalorian? Or do you think it's going to be straight gunslinger? Or do you feel like there's going to be some Jedi showing up or there's going to be some four? I mean, because this takes place five, I think five years after the end of Return of Jedi. Um, so Return of the Jedi. So, you know, the Empire has fallen, but there's still, you know, remnants of the Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of the Wild West because the government, the Republic is trying to, I guess, form itself. Um, I haven't read the book. Um, oh shit, what was the book? Uh, it was about... Leia after Return of the Jedi 
and her efforts, you know, politically to get things going and to get, you know, unify things and kind of the fallout when people find out that her father was Darth Vader, you know, mm-hmm. um, I've been meaning to read that book because it's like that, that premise alone is like, whoa, you know what I'm saying? That's, to find out that she's a Skywalker. To find out she's a Skywalker and to find out that her father is, was the most feared, you know, um, mm-hmm. villain in the entire galaxy. Um, that's, that is an that's, interesting premise. Yeah, that's an interesting premise. But anyway, so this man, the Mandalorian takes place in, you know, that era. And I wonder, you know, do you think that there's going to be, is it going to be straight, you know, is, is John, um, what's his face? Just want to go straight with the Favreau. Yeah. Favreau just want to go straight gunslinger and kind of real raw and gritty or eventually in the, you know, in this first season, are we eventually going to see a Jedi show up or at least somebody who is a force user or a force sensitive, um, is it going to make a present or, you know, going to have any type of presence in the show? Uh, no, I think it will. I think it has to. I think, I think for any, for any star Wars story, mm-hmm. you know, you need the three temples of Vader and Vader encompasses Skywalker, the force and a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Was there? Oh, I was just about to say Rogue One. No, but then I remember my man, the blind. My man. Yeah. He was. He was was no lightsabers, but he was. Yeah. Like a a priest up at the end. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what? I to to answer my own question, I I do feel like I'm a little bit torn on this. I feel like the future. Let me say first of all, I was. (laughs) It's funny, man. I was more intrigued by the Mandalorian trailer and more, um, what's the term? I guess more intrigued by the Mandalorian trailer and the Obi-Wan announcement. That's what got me most intrigued, but I'm not gonna lie, man. Every, when was the last time the star Wars films had a bad trailer? You know what I'm saying? They always had these dope, dope, dope Mm -hmm. trailers and going into last Jedi, they had dope trailers, you know, Ray putting her her hand on the ground and the rocks rising. You're like, oh shit, you know, she about to spend you know years with Luke being trained and blah 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 blah. <laughs> you know, it's like you you like she's about <laughs> right. to just you know, and then you watch the movie and she's there for like you she's, know a night. She's a, there for like what three days and she's, she's like there, fighting with Luke for two of them. Right. She's like, dude is like, I'm only gonna give you three lessons. But anyway, we, we digress. We'll talk about the Last Jedi some other time. Yeah. My point being is that those trailers always dope so this rise of skywalker special look i thought was was ridiculously dope i mean it was i don't care about any of these characters arthur i mean the movie could <laughs> the movie could actually open with a rogue with the emperor showing up with i had this yeah. death star guess what i'm still alive i have this mm-hmm. death star hidden over here and he kills mm-hmm. everybody that's how the movie mm-hmm. could open up ray finn kylo all of them could die and i'd be like mm-hmm. okay cool what happens next i don't care about any of these characters that's mm-hmm. where i'm at but watching this trailer again it just got me hyped you know they always get me because it was like you see you know dark ray you know what they're calling her on the online right now dark ray you see um even kylo who i think is one of the worst villains of all time you know he ignites the saber and he's just kind of walking forward in that kind of like a lurch he's just like i'm about to go fuck somebody oh Mm -hmm. that was dope you know um, the, 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 uh, the Republican army showing up, I don't know where the hell they got all this, this, uh, army from. Cause there was like 10 of them left after last Jedi, but mm-hmm. then they showing up out of hyper, out of, out of hyperspeed. It's like, boom, they show up. Then the mm-hmm. empire shows up. It's like, Oh, this is about to be ridiculous. Then Ray with the lightsaber that looks like Darth Maul's lightsaber, the unfolding lightsaber. 
Yeah. It was ridiculous. It was just, it was like, okay. And don't forget, there were no fuzzy, furry creatures. No. Oh, good point. Great point. None of those, whatever no the hell pores, those things that would. No um, Ewoks. That, uh, no yeah. new oh, cute droid. And side note, from Last Jedi, a really weird moment, man, when we're supposed to like really think these things are cute and everything, and then Chewbacca's sitting out like, eating one. He's eating one in front of the other ones. That was really weird. I was anyway, we'll get back to the last Jedi. <laughs> future show, future show. Um, but yeah, no, no creatures, nothing trying to sell us anything. You know, this right. is not for merchandising, which by the way, I've heard that their merchandising has gone really down from, you know, its heights back in the eighties and nineties or whatever. But anyway, um, none of that. So I got hyped, you know what I'm saying? It's like, they make great trailers. J.J. Abrams, whatever you want to say about him as a storyteller, he gets he does get Star Wars um, visually. You know, the, mm-hmm. the Millennium Falcon um, uh, fight in the first act of Force Awakens when it was just yeah. Ray and Finn on that on the Millennium Falcon. And she does that maneuver. That's probably that may be my favorite thing out of, of the first two movies. I mean, that was just ridiculous, you know, and the way he filmed that her going through that Star Destroyer. Oh, man, that was just it was ridiculous. So. JJ gets visually, he gets Star Wars. He knows how to do that. So that trailer got me excited. I still feel like the future of Star Wars is probably going to be on, on television through streaming services. Mm-hmm. And the reasons I say that is because I agree with you from a narrative point of view. I think it gives them the best chance to really scope things out. Um, and to, if, if Dave Filoni, who ran, you know, ran, um, uh, show ran uh, the Clone Wars animated Clone Wars. series, if Dave Filoni is at the helm, if he continues to ascend at Lucasfilm, if he gets his hands on the reins and really puts his his fingerprint on this through, because he's he's um, involved with the Mandalorian, you know, it's it's Favreau's show, but uh, Filoni is heavily involved in that. Um, I can definitely see them doing more of this granular type storytelling and really kind of fleshing out this this galaxy um, that we constantly are being told. You know, the Star Wars galaxy is so rich, so many stories. But cinematically, we haven't gotten that really. We're still mm-hmm. in a Skywalker thing. Um, it's on television and through books and comic books and everything else where we've gotten so much more of these interesting stories. So I, I feel like I still feel like television is probably going to be the future of this, you know, mythology. Um, we all know they're going to keep making movies. There's too much money involved for them not to make movies. They're going to keep making movies. Um but I also wonder if Disney Plus, and this is kind of a bigger, a broader conversation, but very quickly, there's this gap that we see. And you, I talked about this, you, I, you and I and, and, and Jay talked about this um, through text messaging. Um, I believe that Disney has seen this gap growing because theaters, the, the movie going experience is more and more getting um, reserved for these big budget films. You know, it's like yeah. the smaller films are suffering at the movie theater mm-hmm. and a lot of them are just going directly to streaming now. So there's kind of this gap growing between, and then there's theater chains that are shutting down. Um, you know, I think theaters always be around, but it's like the future is not looking particularly bright for theaters. Right. Um, so there's this kind of gap growing. And I think Disney is looking at that gap and saying, we can create these limited series. Like the Obi-Wan series is probably going to be, you know, six or 10 episodes and that's it. It's not going to be season one, season two. It's probably going to be just a limited series. We can create these cinematic, big big budget, um, limited series and fill that gap between, you know, the 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 traditional streaming experience and the, um, excuse me, the um, uh, theater experience. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's kind of what they're looking at, and maybe looking down the road and trying to create, you know, 
content um, that evolves kind of what we saw happen on HBO with, you know, Sopranos and what we saw happen with Mad Men and shows like Breaking Bad, where it's like everybody was saying, oh, these are just like movies. Well, they're just they're They have, you know, and they're ambitious as films, but they're still television shows. I feel like Disney is now looking at saying, what if we made a six hour movie or a 10 hour movie and just, you know, sparsed it out, you know, parsed it out over these these um, uh, this limited series? I yeah. kind of feel like they're doing that. And I think Star Wars, Obi-Wan in particular, I think this is just a great opportunity for them to kind of test this model. Because, man, to your point, we got the Obi-Wan series is another thing that's going to come from a line or a couple lines in a movie where we we saw in the, the original Star Wars movie, he was on Tatooine. Um, this is where he went after, you know, Order 66. He goes to Tatooine to look over, to watch over Luke from afar, from a distance. Right. He stops being Obi-Wan Kenobi. He becomes Ben Kenobi. Um, and is kind of at the point where we meet him, he's known as like a crazy old wizard or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's given to us, but then we don't know what happens in that time span. We've gotten a little right. bit of it in Rebels, which you've seen, I haven't seen. You could, we got a little bit of it in Rebels. We got, we, but we really don't know what has transpired between um, Return of the, or excuse me, um, the end of uh, the Clone Wars and you know revenge of the sith or whatever and in the 20 year period to right. when he engages when he, Luke to when he shows up in in the original star wars movie so it's rich with opportunities for storytelling that can take place on tatooine that can take him off world he might have an adventure here or there how is he going to deal with you know he learns that because he thinks dude at the, at the end of revenge of the sith he thinks uh anakin's dead you know he thinks he's gone so yeah. at some point he finds out that dude is darth vader that's, that can be part of the series. You know what I'm saying? That can be the crux of the series. Mm-hmm. We know that there's the potential that they met again. He's already defeated. He, he defeated Vader twice. We know that. He defeated Vader, you know, in on a, what, what the hell planet was that? Mustafar? When a, Must, yeah, Mustafar. He defeated him there. Um, he defeated him um, in Star Wars, the OG Star Wars, when he allowed him to kill him so he could become yep. a Force ghost. Um, and then it's kind of like hinted at because Vader says to him, you know, when last we met, you were just, you know, I was still the pupil or whatever. It's hinted that they may have met again in between Mustafar and um, on the Death Star. So, Obi, dude, Obi-Wan is a bad mother... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Obi-Wan is a bad... Nobody's going to say this on Star Wars for obvious reasons. Obi-Wan is a bad motherfucker. He is a bad motherfucker. If you watch Clone Wars, if you yeah. watch the animated series, you know Obi-Wan is yeah. not to be fucked with. Take him yeah. lightly if you want to. Ask yeah. Darth Maul what's up. You know what I'm saying? Right. Ask Darth right. Maul what's up. Did you see yeah. Phantom Menace? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Ask Darth Maul what's up. You know, uh-huh. it's like he is not to be messed with. So, I, yeah, Obi-Wan is, you know, I, I feel like there's just so much storytelling to be told around him. And it's like, that's what's got me really excited. Uh, lost my part. Up, oh, found it. So yeah, I think that's. I think that Obi Wan is deserving of 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 a story arc mm-hmm. that Disney Plus is doing, and I'm very happy that it's Ewan McGregor mm-hmm. to reprise that role because he's just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, he was the best thing in that role. The, he was the best thing about the prequels. Yeah. And a, and a testament to that is that is that in the Clone Wars, the the animated Obi Wan is modeled after. Right, modeled after him. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's funny, man, because it, you know, I know we got to wrap this up, but my favorite, one of my favorite Star Wars characters of all time is Clone Wars Anakin. Not not uh, Hayden Christian, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Clone Wars Anakin. Um, Clone Wars animated series Anakin is one of my favorite characters, Star Wars characters of all time. Top three. But um, who's your top? Obi-Wan or Ahsoka? 
you know, oh, Ahsoka. Because Anakin's number uh, number on. three in, in that top three, let right? Me, let me think. Hold on. Ahsoka. Uh, Where's Adventure? You know Let's talk about this another time. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, LL wrote a song about Ventress, so. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, if anybody gets that reference, definitely um, add us and let, let us know if you got that reference. Um, yeah, and CC the music's not. Go ahead. <laughs> but let's let's wrap this up. And yeah, if, you know everything we've talked about. I think you know this Star Wars thing is going to be an ongoing conversation, just like everything else on this show. But I really want to hear what listeners how they felt, how you reacted um, both to that that Mandalorian trailer, to Obi Wan announcement, um, and to the, the Rise of Skywalker special look. Like I said, this episode will drop on September 25th. So by then, maybe we might even have a little bit more information about this stuff. But I want to know, what are you, um, what are you, listener? What are you most excited about? Are you most excited about Rise of Skywalker or are you most excited about um, the upcoming Disney Plus Star Wars um, television shows, uh, Mandalorian, Obi-Wan and whatever else? Oh, you know, they, they also have um, what's Stu's name from Rogue One, the spy, uh, Cassian. You know, he's getting his own television series, right? He's getting his own. No, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Which, um, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I don't know. Cause it's like, it's based off of one line, basically. You remember when, or one scene, you remember when he kills old boy. Um, yeah. Early on. Line. Right. Right. He kills the guy who's basically like, he, he commits murder against one of his own, basically. Um, I think to, just to keep him quiet. So mm-hmm. it's kind of based off of that and kind of the, you know, the background. I think he talks later on about how he was, um, how he was raised and how he joined the resistance. And so I, I'm kind of, I think people are kind of expecting it to be like star Wars meets, uh, Lacare or, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, mm-hmm. you know, the spy version of, you know, star Wars. So I don't know, man, I'm a little bit, I, I think it depends upon who they're going to get to, to show run and develop this. I think it's going to take a really careful hand, um, to make this interesting and make it not make it seem like they just took a cool moment from a movie and extrapolated an entire, you know, series out of it. Um, so we'll see. All right, cool. Hey man, this is uh, really fun. We should probably do this again. Yeah. I <laughs> got another date. I can't remember what we should probably, you think we should calendar. do an episode two? You think we're, we're I, or should just be one and done. Fuck it. Let's just do one and done. Never do this again. What you think? You know what? Let's do a special edition. <laughs> this is a special look at mad unreal. Um, yeah let's do a (laughs) yeah yeah where we like graft in stuff we said years ago on other shows (laughs) to make it all fit right all (laughs) All right um yo hit us uh pretty soon by the time you hear this there will be um opportunities for you to hit us on twitter we'll have a um, twitter name figured out right we'll have all that shit worked out and um keeping uh keeping keeping uh up with us and our the news that we get into and the things that we want to talk about and um yeah we'll keep it we'll keep it moving all right as always uh keep it unreal